Hello and welcome to Emoji Wrap, a podcast about all things emoji. I'm your host, Jeremy Burge, and this month we're going to delve into a little bit of emoji history. So every now and then I put on my, what I call my emoji historian hat, and sort of try and fill in the gaps that Emojipedia has been missing over the years. We've only been around since 2013, and the first emojis from Japan were from 1999, or so we thought. Uh, turns out there's a bit more to it, so I do want to get back to that, but first of all, I have a guest here, uh, Oli Wagner. He's one of just a few, uh, just a small handful, let's say, of designers who were involved at Apple with some of the very first emoji designs. You know, there's sort of lots of people that have been involved over the years, but Ollie was one of the first few that were around. And I thought, what better time? We're sort of going through some emoji history. The iPhone was a pretty big, culturally important set at the time. Uh, so, Ollie, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jeremy, for having me. Uh, so, I, I, I guess... Just up front, I'm trying to... What I, what I sometimes like to do, because I feel like the listeners of the show, they don't necessarily know any more than I do a lot of the time. A lot of the time, I'm learning about these things as I go. And previous episodes, we've chatted to Angela Guzman, who was an intern at Apple a, quite a long time ago, involved in the first emoji set. Where, did, where do you fit into this as far as Apple and their first emoji sets? So I came into Apple as an intern as well, right after Angela. And I, I was responsible for rounding out that first set and did quite a bit of work on the second set. Do you remember off the top of your head, may, maybe some of this is sort of too long ago, but do you remember any particular emojis that you were specifically working on in your head? Are the, is this sort of a vivid memory to you? Like you're, you can name every single one or are you struggling to come up with any? Where does this sit for you? Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, there were a ton that I had a lot of fun drawing, and, and I don't think I'll ever forget them. Um, it's also the, the work that I did at Apple that has lasted the longest. I don't think any of my interface work, if only, has carried forward, but, you know, some of the emoji stuff is still around 10 years later. That's a question that a lot of people ask me. They're sort of intrigued. People always want to know how the companies work internally. And honestly, mostly I don't really know. And I, I don't like to pry too much for current day employees because I know it's sort of like, I don't know, it's a bit weird just telling other people about the internal culture of your workplace. But this is a bit longer ago. And people always ask me like, does Apple have a dedicated emoji team? Or are they just sort of did they do other stuff? Did the emoji designers do other things? And by the sounds of it, you weren't just doing the emoji stuff. You were doing other parts as well. It wasn't just an emoji job. Right, yeah. So after doing all the emoji as an intern, I, I got to join at a, a really lucky time in history where we were just starting the iPad explorations. Um, so I got to do a lot of the formative work on iPad. When you say sort of, are we talking like buttons here? What, is, what does that mean? Buttons? Uh, what, what else is in the, in, are we talking layout design, that sort of thing? Yeah, layout design. You know, really the iPad started running iOS, obviously, and it was essentially just a stretched out iPhone. So we had to really reinvent each app to make it, you know, compelling and appropriate for a tablet. Uh, were you were you the person that did the the textures on the notes app? I loved the the original notes app that had the the leather and the little texture behind it. Was that did that have anything to do with you? So that was my office mate, but um, I was responsible for the contacts app, 
Nice. The, the leather contact book. Yeah, I, I still love those. I know it's sort of a bit divisive and in my head, I don't know. I, I kind of missed that era and that to me was very formative. And for my grandparents who are huge iPad users, I know for them, they, they kind of really embraced the iPad in those years and could really get it. And now it's a bit actually a bit harder to kind of explain some of these concepts. You as a designer today, do you have a sort of feeling on whether this has been a, a helpful move to minimalism or whether those sort of detailed early designs should have stuck around? Well, you know, I mean, I think I really like where the aesthetic has gone, but ultimately you have to make a design that makes sense. So if you have a title that looks like a title, but it's actually a button, probably not so good. You know, taking, taking sort of the, the flat approach too far, but, you know, ultimately a design just has to work and it makes sense. So every month we kind of go through a bunch of emoji topics, figure out what's happening this month, what I want to do is look at some emoji topics that have been going on this month. And the first one was to do with the original emoji set, uh, which until now I sort of, I've, this has been a learning curve for me as well and figuring out where everything comes from. And we've seen for so many years, people have talked about this 1999 design set from Docomo in Japan. And over the last few years, different people have come up to me and said, oh, look, but here's like an earlier phone that had something that looks like emoji. And it's really hard to kind of unpick that because we've always had pictures and I say always, but computers have had different variations of emoticons and windings. But nonetheless, uh, it does turn out that a genuine predecessor to all these sets and a set that the Apple set in particular sort of originated from in some ways was from SoftBank, a, a company known as, it was called JPhone in Japan at the time, 1997. And it was really fascinating to me getting this set up on Emojipedia where there's an original set of designs that effectively all have a counterpart on iOS today. And I don't know about, do you recall, Ollie, did, were the SoftBank or the JPhone designs ever something, were you sort of, do you remember what you were working from? Do you remember, was the goal of the emojis that you were working on, hey, just design a good version of a camel or was it hey, here's some of these designs or here's a set in Japan we're trying to partner with and trying to work with. Well, do you recall sort of how that origin happened for you? Yeah, certainly. So I remember at the time, iPhone wasn't selling so well in, in Japan, and it kind of came down to that it lacked emoji. So when we first started designing Apple's emoji, we started with SoftBank's emoji set. So certainly it was about gaining parity with that. And I think that could have been Docomo 2 as like a secondary one we were trying to um, add some to, but I'm, I can't quite recall that. But SoftBank was definitely a, a major player for compatibility. And looking back at some of these, I mean, you can sort of see as early these come back to 1997, some of the black and white ones that they've got the, the broken heart and Mount Fuji and the, the penguin and the pile of poo. And they've got all these sort of ones that carry through today. So I think it's sort of interesting having a look back and I'm, I'm just sort of, I guess I'm intrigued. Do you have specific ones? You said you remember some that you worked on. Can you name some of the emojis you worked on that, that you think are sort of, that you either like or don't like or any that you have some, any views on? Sure. So ones that I really like were some of the food ones I did, like the, the breaded shrimp or the pizza. And a lot of why I like them so much was actually just in creating them. You know, with the pizza, for instance, you know, if, if you take the layers down, it's got all the, the right ingredients on it. One I didn't like so much was just mostly because I wasn't familiar with um, ladies' footwear fashion <laughs> at the time. 
but uh, I, I made a sandal that a friend called a, a clumpy mule. <laughs> I'm going to pull this up. I, I think I have a picture. I have a picture of what it looks like in my head. I'm picturing it being sort of a beige brown one, but I can't, you know, maybe that's the it's newer, newer version of it. May, yeah, maybe. Let me pull it up here. Woman's sandal. Uh, yeah, it's sort of a gold, shiny. Uh, you're right. This is where uh, specific knowledge comes into it because this looks fine to me, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> apparently it's not. Is that is that is that what your friends are telling you? Yes, I I found that out. <laughs> um, I'm looking back at some of the ones added in iOS 5.1. I know a common thread in these early years was sort of the family with the dead eyes. Uh, there's a family <laughs> yeah. that has sort of these beady eyes. And again, at the resolution of the time, it probably looked fine, honestly. It's just that now we've blown them up years later and they look a bit a bit silly. Uh, did that have anything to do with you? Yeah, and certainly. No, I think that was Raymond, but and maybe Angela as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, we designed all of these. I think they were, what, 32 by 32 output resolution at the time. So blowing them up, I'm sure artists in later years definitely had to reimagine them a little bit or add some details where they were certainly lacking. Yeah, that was definitely that era where you can tell that there was obviously these early designs, which again, probably made perfect sense being tiny little glyphs. But then right. someone along the line has gone, okay, well, the source artwork's bigger and we've got higher resolution screens. And until they were all redesigned a few years ago, we kind of had these bigger versions of the early designs. And in a way, I felt a bit bad, <laughs> you know, yeah. that sort of been taken out of their context and made fun of in some ways the people that didn't have hands on them and, the, you know, things right. that made sense at tiny sizes, but look a bit, uh, a bit weird when they're blown up. And, you know, given the amount of emoji that we had to create in the time that we did, yeah, hands definitely uh, would have been a detail that didn't make it in, in all circumstances. I think I asked Angela this at the time, but did you have any kind of indication? Did you feel like you were making an obscure feature for Japan? Did this, this sort of feel like fun grunt work, or did you sort of in any way think of this becoming like these specific designs actually having such cultural weight in years to come? You know, I mean, at the time, it was it was certainly a fascinating exercise. I really loved figuring out what some of these symbols were that weren't so obvious to me, you know, growing up in a Western culture. Um, but, you know, I really didn't understand the cultural implications until they were released. And, you know, people started, you know, getting those those apps that would unlock them for your, your American keyboard. Right. And then suddenly we're sharing this whole set of, I think that's what made them interesting at the time. They were kind of off the wall if they were just your... Your average set of smileys, like AOL, Instant Messenger, and MSN, and everything had smileys until then. And if they were that, maybe it would have been less interesting. But because they did feel like this obscure, weird collection, it kind of made them more intriguing to us all, I think. Definitely. Um, looking through the list. The other note that I've had people bring up over the years is the fact that half the animals are cute and half of them are realistic. <laughs> I, I feel like that might have just been a, a personal choice sometimes. You've got like this sort of cute shiny turtle and a, a chick that's very sort of cute and shiny and a panda. And then you've got the, the cat and the lion and the tiger and the ox that are all super, super detailed and textured. But did you have a, a feeling... Uh, was one type of that your preference, the the stylish, cute style or the hyper-realistic style? So I think, you know, when I started, we were kind of carrying through the more cute style. Like, I got to do the bumblebee and the caterpillar and the snail, among others. Love the And bee. they were all, you know, very cute, you know. But yeah, I think in, in uh, maybe sets after that, they started getting a lot more realistic. And I think that may have just been 
from the particular designer. <laughs> I mean, again, I guess there wasn't this hyper scrutiny at the time that it was only it was only years later that there was a whole missing, I say a whole missing set, there was this iOS 5.1 release where a whole bunch of emojis were included in the font, but were never put on the keyboard. And, you know, these days that would have, you know, we would have found it straight away. We, we check every iOS release just to check, you know, look at every emoji, see what's different. And even the minor differences people kind of find fascinating, like why did they change the eyebrow height on this one? <laughs> or why did they drop the shadows? But at the time there were hundreds added in this release for about six months there. And just, you know, nobody, nobody noticed until we dug it up about five years later, just making sure we had the whole archive. So I think it's sort of it's come a long way from somewhat under the radar to hyper focused and a lot of scrutiny. So I feel like there's a bit more. Hmm, I think maybe conservatism as well. Maybe you can't just go your own direction and do whatever you want with the emoji now. You've kind of got to make sure that they're up to the brand values and that they all match consistently, which maybe that wasn't as much of a focus at the time. I mean, I think you know every everybody was looking at them and and liked them at the time too, but. Yeah, it was definitely something where we were able to sort of, in, you know, reinvent each one or copy each one faithfully if we wanted to. Yeah. Um, what I want to do is I want to bring us to another topic that's come up in, in the last month. And it's sort of a multi-layered topic. It gets people fired up on the social media, but I think it's kind of mundane and just a logical addition, perhaps, that Google has announced that in the next version of Android, what they're going to be doing is giving... A number of emojis, three different gender presentations, let's say. They've already, a lot of them already have a woman and a man, and a lot already have sort of a Unicode code point for what's meant to be a neutral or sort of inclusive design that doesn't specifically specify a man or a woman, and they're going to give those a middle ground sort of appearance. It's not overtly masculine, it's not overtly feminine. Um, Makes sense to me. Like, it's sort of the equivalent, in a way, of the yellow skin tone. If you don't want to specify, hey, I went to the doctor, and you don't want to specify it was a woman doctor or a man doctor because it's not relevant, maybe you'd pick this sort of neutral middle ground. But um, I don't know. I, I guess it gets people fired up because some people feel like that you're either changing too much or this is unnecessary, and maybe it would be if they weren't so detailed. I just... I wonder whether this ever came into your mind, designing some of the original people, whether a lot of them were men or they were women and they sort of came from these Japanese designs, but in some ways that's the root of the the problem, shall we say, that originally a lot of the passive roles were women and a lot of the active roles were men. Was that something that came through your mind or were you thinking more in sort of compatibility terms back in the day? You know, I think we were really thinking in terms of compatibility and you know, it's just just that point is you know we we didn't think about it, and and luckily you know it did get a, a conversation started uh, more broadly, and you know helping us get more a, a more inclusive set as we're gaining today. I've heard uh, one common, I, I guess I don't want to say complaint, but designers saying that it's actually quite hard for them to design this middle ground. Uh, uh, gender effectively it's easier for them to go to extremes and to show a sort of a woman with long hair or lipstick and sort of it's almost a stereotype but it's going a bit it, it's adding extra detail that really isn't necessary to show a woman but if you're trying to make it an icon of a woman you add those features and apple puts a mustache on the man in particular to sort of make it clear this is the man have, have you got these days if you're designing sort of three genders do you think that would be a tricky thing to achieve or do you think there's sort of a way to make that happen relatively straightforward way 
Um, I mean, I think it's just sort of up to the skill of the designer. I mean, I guess probably some people could draw it, and if you're not as familiar with drawing people, maybe maybe it would be harder for you. I don't think that designers complaining that it's hard should be any reason not to do it. Right. Um, just, I don't want to say uh, get yes. on with it, but if you're going to do it, give it your best and see what happens. Um, yeah, that that seems fair to me, but I'm not a designer. So, you know, I, I understand that maybe it's a tricky task if you you do get run into issues, I guess, of being fair as well, that on the one hand, it's kind of weird that we'll dress up emojis in different colors for their gender and it sort of makes you almost just wish that they all didn't have gender. But then if you do that, sort of how do you provide extra detail? It's sort of you get yourself into this quandary very quickly of people seem to like emojis that reflect the real world. But when you do, the real world is messy and complicated to to represent. So perhaps it would just be easier if we had less humans on the keyboard. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, some people can't draw hands and they usually draw people with their, you know, their hands behind their back. So I think it's just up to finding people that can, you know, draw hands as it as it were so for anyone looking forward to this this is uh this will come out on android this year uh it's not yet known apple doesn't really pre-announce what they're going to do with really anything when it comes to design at least um they're not going to say oh we are going to do this with our emojis either they're ready to show them or they're not so we don't really know at this stage um i know there are some sort of works underway to make the entire set potentially have more you know, potentially three options, which at least would be more consistent. I think at the very least as a user, I feel like I would actually find it a bit easier if the whole keyboard actually did have these sort of neutral options for everything on the keyboard and you can push and hold if you specifically want a set agenda or a skin tone. Uh, just as a regular emoji user, Ollie, what do you think? Would that be helpful for you? Would it be overkill? Um, no, I mean, I think that having more choices is good and, you know, we all have our, our favorite version of of different emoji or want to represent ourselves or, um, you know, it's just adding more, a larger vocabulary to the font set. People do like to represent themselves, I'm aware. You do get into tricky parts where, for instance, I've got this article here that I wanted to bring up about. Um, it's sort of done a lot of rounds. I'm actually surprised at how far this one has sort of done the media round, let's say, about there being no Afro emoji. The t title of an article I've got here, it's from the New York Times, and it says, there's no Afro emoji. These women want to change that. And I guess this is tricky because I feel like sometimes people misunderstand who's responsible for what. And in this case... I personally put together a proposal because we at Emojipedia, we often get emoji feedback and it's not really for us to deal with. It's either for Unicode or the vendors, but Emojipedia is a Unicode member. So, you know, sometimes we'll bring the feedback we get from our users to Unicode to try and work something out to, to represent them. And a curly hair emoji was added last year with the benefit that... It could be an afro or sort of curly hair. That's a, a fine line. And this now exists. And I think it would be... I don't know. I, when I look at the pictures in this image, and maybe other people see it differently, they look very similar to the curly hair emoji, but with a bit more hair. And I do wonder whether or not something like this, I, whether we're getting then too specific and that it would be better off potentially asking the vendors, say, hey, Apple, maybe add a little bit more hair to your curly haired person. And that can be a genuine use of the afro emoji rather than say can we have a curly hair and an afro hair emoji is there some kind of do we run get ourselves into trouble if we get too far down the representation line and have too many options as well what do you think 
I mean, I think again, you know, people just want to be able to represent themselves, and you know, maybe maybe there's a design that kind of you know makes everybody happy, but um, you know, certainly if it's if it's that different, then yeah, maybe it does need its own. I'm not actually too familiar with the the current curly hair ones. I'm gonna look them up right now. Yeah, yeah, pull it up. Um, and and that's down to interpretation. When I look at them, uh, if I sort of go to, for instance, the curly haired man, um. It's called man curly hair. I'm looking at them now. To me, Google's designs, especially for the woman, look quite Afro-like. Apple's designs are quite tight. I, w- I definitely wouldn't call Apple's designs an Afro. I guess I just wonder whether or not Samsung almost specifically is an Afro. So I wonder for some of these whether or not the, the question isn't should there be an Afro emoji, but more should the curly hair emoji have bigger hair? Should that just be the Afro emoji? Because it already exists and I feel like it's probably... If you're trying to display underrepresented groups, it's probably more important that it is an Afro than just short curly hair. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I think just uh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe it's just up to the the designers to take a second pass. Yeah, that would be my thought on it. Um, I, I sort of this sort of pitches it like pitches it like it's a proposal for Unicode, but potentially. Yeah, potentially they find their way to the right people and, and someone at Apple goes, you know what, maybe we'll just add a bit more hair to our people and, and that might address a need that people have. Um, Ollie, thank you for coming on. I want to hit a couple of real quick topics that have come up uh, just to fill people in. What's happening in the emoji world? Not everyone's following emoji news week to week or month to month. Uh, there's a transgender flag that has been proposed to Unicode over the last... I, th- I think about a year or so, there's sort of someone's been working, a group has been working on a proposal, they've revised it multiple times, it's now in a state where it's going to be discussed next month, but one shortcut is that a lot of these emoji sequences can be implemented by anyone anytime, Unicode doesn't need to officially do anything, except that if they do document them, it makes it more likely it will come to all platforms, so that's coming to WhatsApp and to Facebook, uh, Facebook Messenger as well. Uh, so that's something new that's happened recently. Also, the day we're recording, which is Wednesday, the 3rd of April, uh, Twitter's latest emoji set has released the new emojis for 2019. So they're on the web only. Uh, I'm just pulling up the list now. Ollie, you might want to do the same. I wonder if you've... Are you still up to date? Are you still keeping on top of emoji news or is this sort of a past life of yours? Do you, do you, have you been aware of even what's coming up this year? You know, I'm definitely an emoji enthusiast, but I don't think I go quite as deep as maybe as maybe you do. But <laughs> uh, I'm looking up the emoji twelve list right now. I'm going to drop it in our show notes as well for you. Um, this is the set of emojis that was approved uh, this year and is now uh, well. Twitter's designs are now available on the web. It's sort of tricky because they're not going to show in the iOS app. They show in some versions of the Android app, and they eventually make their way to TweetDeck as well. I know the talk of the town when this set was approved was the pinching hand emoji. Uh, the yawning face looked relatively popular, and there's also a bunch of there's people holding hands with the different skin tones. There's people in wheelchairs and with a cane. Any that jump out to you looking down the list? I know people are keen on the flamingo in particular. A lot of uh, Emojipedia users really wanted that flamingo to happen. Yeah, I think flamingos are, are a must-have. <laughs> any, that said. Um, any that you'd like to take a crack at if you're designing today, uh, if you're designing a new emoji, uh, looking down the list, we've got garlic, onion, waffle. We do have all the people, the people in the wheelchairs, uh, the, a, deaf, a person making a deaf sign in American Sign Language. 
uh, people kneeling. We've got ballet shoes, an axe, uh, a lot of colored squares and circles. Yeah, I mean, I, I sort of um, am definitely better at drawing objects than people, so I'd probably have fun with some of the food items. Yeah, I, I can. I feel like people feel they care more when Apple releases their emoji set. I definitely notice on the Emojipedia socials in particular that people care when other vendors release their updates. They do, but Apple's the only platform that gets them out there to every app and to a big chunk of their user base on day one. Um, you sort of get Twitter website, which is a lot of people, but you just don't know who's receiving it. I feel like there's sort of this general feeling of it's interesting when Twitter or Microsoft do their make their emoji updates, but people care culturally when Apple does it. Is that is that a feeling you'd, you've had in the past, where you sort of you notice that people treat what Apple does design wise differently to other companies? I think so. Yeah, and I mean, as as an Apple, uh, I'm not going to say fanboy, although I am enthusiast. Uh, yeah, I definitely care the most when Apple does stuff. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up before I went. I don't know if you've seen this on the XKCD. I can never, I can never get the letters right. XKCD, the web comic, it's a very popular web comic. My brain cannot store those four letters in any particular order. My brain just can't figure out what it is. I have to almost Google it every time. But if if you type any random string starting with X, you end up with this website, which is great. And they ran uh, what they called Emoji Dome, a sort of a, a battle between every single emoji, and they had this voting system where it. Every 40 seconds, you'd vote for a pair of uh, one emoji versus another, and then another round would come up until they'd done the whole bracket and something won. Did you see this on the day? I only saw it later in the day. It didn't really hit my feed till later in the day. Um, you know, unfortunately, I, I did not know about that until now. So this this is the the winner is what is it is it the hedgehog is that who won Let me let me try it. He's holding the uh, silver medal, maybe. Ah, uh, um, let me have a look here. Who won the total thing? So what I did find when I was trying to look up the backstory to this, what I didn't even know, there's a whole wiki for XKCD. There I go again, uh, which is very detailed. There's a lot of there's a lot of words on there, and and there's a quite a detailed description of uh, voting, how they rigged up the voting. Apparently, every round of voting had double the amount of time to vote. So initially, you had forty seconds. Then in the next round, you had I guess 120 seconds, uh, sorry, minute 20, and it went on and it went on. There's accusations of ballot stuffing later on. It says uh, someone's commented on the wiki that there were 180,000 votes in the owl-octopus bout, which means in 10 minutes the owl earned more votes than every other emoji in the entire round. So maybe maybe people were rigging this system to work but who who actually won that's what i'm trying to find out it must be it, the hedgehog it's actually it looks like it's space space itself ah is that who it is you're right it's the milky way it's the milky way is that what they call that emoji i'm, I'm falling there's so many now once upon a time i could name every emoji by name and now i'm just especially as unicode did this thing where they rename a lot of them they have the original code point which never changes name but then there's the sort of what they call the CLDR names, which are translated names in every language, and those do change, and it's very hard to keep up. The Milky Way emoji one, you're correct. So this is a picture of, what is this? The hedgehog on the Milky Way. I think the hedgehog got silver. Got it. You're right. I'm scrolling down. <laughs> very long wiki page. I really thought it would jump to the point, but it's got questions of vote stuffing. Should the octopus have made it through further? 
uh, the emoji fonts that go into it on different platforms. Yeah, the Milky Way one. How did that even happen? I'm kind of jealous, actually. We run the World Emoji Awards every year on World Emoji Day, and this is way better. This is, I love this system. Maybe we should have done this, where you have just a battle over 24 hours for every emoji to win. What would you have uh, voted for? Do you, do you have a... Uh, something that you that you remains in your favorites, or do you think the Milky Way is a good winner of this battle round? Well, I was sad to see that my beloved pizza only made it to the second round, but um, yeah, I think I love the bee. It's one of my favorites. The bee is great. Can I say um, the pizza definitely? Uh, Cable Sasser brought it to our attention a few years ago about when the shadows were removed from the old emojis that the original Apple emoji set had these kind of odd let's say i guess this must have been you must have put this in there the shadow that's on the ground of the pizza looks like it's standing upright right yeah everything was sort of on a point wasn't it um and you know i i I think they looked kind of fine like you know they didn't have to be realistic they almost i guess they were sort of props in a museum in a way is that sort of the idea of the the drop shadow underneath the emoji on, on the base of it rather than behind it I'm not sure there was too much thought behind that, honestly. We were just having fun. <laughs> it just looked good. Well, anyway, yeah. they got removed years later, and by the looks of it, someone just whipped out the eraser tool, maybe on a flattened Photoshop image, because there's tiny little bits of shadow left around the pepperoni on that pizza for a few years there. And uh, he pointed that out to us, that, yes, potentially potentially the pepperoni was left on its own layer. Maybe that's all it was. Maybe the, someone messed up the layer styles. But again, here's what happens when you zoom into emojis that were never meant to be given this right. much level of zoom. Yeah, and we definitely did make some emojis at incredibly large sizes, mostly just for fun. But a lot of them were not. But a lot of them, yeah. Yeah, to scale them down. Scale them back down and pop them out. Hey, Ollie, thank you for joining me. Um, yeah, thank you. These days, what are you what are you up to these days? You're not at Apple anymore. Uh, where where are you where are you found? Yeah, so um, I'm a creative director and partner at Yap Studios. We are a, a software services company and, and make our own apps as well. Yeah, I'm also on Twitter, and my my handle is Ollie Wagner. And uh, if people want to follow the show, uh, the show's available at Emoji Rap on Twitter. I'm at Jeremy Burge. Definitely give Ollie a follow if you want to see what he's up to or if you want to hire him or his company, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I, I really appreciate you coming on because I feel like it's, it's really good to chat to the people who were there, you know, and what could be a cultural milestone for years or decades to come. So it's, it's great to have a chat with you. Yeah, well, thanks, Nathan. Thank you for having me on. This was a, a lot of fun. And uh, thanks to Jonathan Mann for our theme music and to Joshua Jones for the show art. Thank you to the listeners for sticking around and uh, I'll speak to you all next time.